Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Oh, man, I'm feeling good. And it's all good in the neighborhood right now. A little weird around here, a little crazy schedule. I ain't going to lie. I might tell y'all about it, might not tell you about it. But I am feeling amazing like we're going to have an amazing show. Yes, I say that every single time. But we always start off with... What's up with that dude? Let me tell you. So after yesterday's show, I went on my friend Carrie Champion show, which is called, you ready? <laughs> Carrie Champion show. Yeah, it's on Amazon if you guys haven't checked it out. Uh, she's doing a great job. Carrie wanted to, in similar paths, uh, expand her horizons beyond just narrow sports. So you remember her way back and this was my homie before all of the media stuff right just la locals what it do and then all of a sudden she was at the tennis channel remember she hosted first take and then we became co-workers and peers on sports nation together now i gotta admit our sports nation was the most gangster version it was it wasn't lighthearted anymore we were going heavy and dark and deep on topics so kind of prepped me for, I guess, a little bit of this. So amazing time with her. Her show is doing great. She had Lil Wayne on there just recently. So you guys check her out and support her, of course. That's my dog. After that, I went to therapy, my normal session of therapy for my neck and my back. Remember, I got into a car accident June 15th. Yeah. Oh, are we we still recording, Courtney? Uh, Herbert, we record? Ah, my neck and my back. Oh, I'm about to get paid. I thought the Chargers paid me. This dude that hit me, he hit me going at least 40 miles an hour. I'm at a red light, right? So I'm about to make it right into the Fox slot. This is June. And I'm sitting at the red light just waiting. And all of a sudden you hear, and then we all think the same thing. Damn, I hope that person's all right. Never assuming that person is you. Bam. And all of a sudden, boom. Boom, head hits steering wheel, come back with the whiplash, wop, wop, 
Then my knee hits the console. Oh man, I'm feeling all bad. So I had neck, back, and knee issues from hello. Dude comes up to me, he's like, oh dude, I'm sorry, man, what happened? I didn't know, uh, man, I tired to hit the brakes, but I didn't see you. I'm like, yeah, I kind of know you didn't see me because the way you hit them brakes, obviously you were distracted. Try to play it off like, well, you know, I was just looking into the Fox lot. I was like, man, maybe you were on your cell phone, whatever it may be. Let the lawyers figure that out. So long story short, man, he messed me up. Like he took me to that place and it's that real foggy place that I thought was behind me because I haven't been hit that hard since I've been hit that hard. And that was on the playing field, right? So neck really messed up back jacked. He re-aggravated because I had back surgery before and then I was feeling fine. You know me tennis and all of a sudden now I can't play tennis stuck to playing pickleball with the old people now. Damn it. That's because of this dude, but I'm going to get paid for real. Already got lifetime therapy. It feels like, like I just be going in there and get therapy on my elbow. Everything like it always connected doctor. Just hook your boy up. It's hilarious. Now in therapy, y'all ever have this happen? And I hate when this happens because you just don't know how to play it. I think I saw Jalen Ramsey, but we were far away and we weren't in the same spot. So you like, nah. And then the second time when you finally see him leaving, you're like, what's that? But then you feel like a groupie or you feel weird and you're like, hey, Jalen. And then he don't. Turn. So it was not a connection. But if that was you, Jalen Ramsey, um, hello. Uh, he's a beast. Obviously, we had our issues before online. We've never met in person. So it'd be nice to kind of squash that. And I should have did it yesterday. I should have just said, forget therapy. I got to go say hello to Jalen Ramsey and apologize because he's a beast. Uh, after that, um, I got a phone call from my doctor. I have two meniscus tears and a torn PCL. And I didn't know what I was like. He, yeah, because he was like, we have to get another MRI for your knee from the accident. And he was like, yo, what is going on? I was like, I told you my knee was jacked up and they weren't trying to listen to me. They were just x-raying and MRI in my neck and my back. I said my knee too, fool. And now I got that going. I got a spoiler alert for you, but I'm not going to say it. I don't want to do that to y'all. But if y'all watch Snowfall, spoiler alert, I ain't going to say it. Uncle died, y'all. Uncle died. Amin is gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? All right, Courtney, everybody just rewind the tape. You know what? Fast forward that part, guys. Uncle ain't dead. He gone. Rest in peace. All right, let's get into this story right now. Uh, the definition of polarizing. Let's talk about the yin and yang of the legacy of LeBron James. Yes, let's talk about his game right now. Two different quotes, like on the extreme side of the same player, King James, LeBron James. All right, first quote is, one more ring for LeBron James can be the difference between him being the GOAT or not. Spencer Dinwiddie, homie from L.A. I respect that, giving him his respect and his status as GOAT or co-GOAT. All right, but then <laughs> SGA, who I'm going to see tonight, OKC versus my Clippers, and we traded him away, and we, boy, we, we knew it in that moment. We were going to regret that. That boy's a beast. He says, uh, quote, I never liked LeBron James's game. To me, when I was younger, he was just super athletic. I wasn't that. He was 6'8 and super strong, and I wasn't that either. SGA keeping it real, like, yo, I can't emulate that, so that ain't even fresh to me like that. Wow. LeBron James is interesting, and it made me think of the dunk contest. And y'all got to tell me in the comments, do you agree? Do we hold it against LeBron James that he's built like that, 6'8", 260, muscles on top of muscles? Kind of like in the dunk contest when you see a big guy do the same dunk as a little guy 
you actually like the little guy's dunk better. Why? Because it's harder. He's shorter. It just looks fresher. But the result, the same, right? It's the same dunk, same 10 feet. You did the windmill. He did the windmill. Why am I giving you an 11 and only giving him a 10? Really? So are we using that against LeBron James when we regard him as the GOAT or not? Because let's be real. We know he's bigger than Jordan. So if Jordan gets to here, but then LeBron gets to here, but since he's the bigger guy, he's supposed to do that. Are we now saying, Jordan, you're up here like we do in the dunk contest? Little man wins if they tie. Oh, man, it made my head pop. I was like, yo, the hate for the great and the size of LeBron is real. We know that LeBron James got to be more than just size. Come on, y'all. What happened to, what was that quote? It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight and the dog. Well, then LeBron got to have both. He's a big dog and he got that fight. How the hell you become in this conversation of a goat unless you got that heart, that dog? We know he got big biceps, but that ain't the only big muscle he has. That boy got that heart. As coach, you know, every coach that's worth his salt. Every great coach loses his voice when they talking about heart. You know, they start talking normal. Hey, guys, we're going to go out there and play a great game. You know what? But I want to make sure you guys bring the passion and you got to bring your heart. Everybody's heart. All of a sudden, they just morph into something else. LeBron got the big heart, y'all. Stop hating on this guy. Stop penalizing him for that. Remember, every beautiful woman in this world always says they want three things. Tall, dark, and handsome. What's the first one? Size. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's go to D. Wade County. Woo, where D. Wade, man, sitting back somewhere comfortable. Uh, he got braids right now. What, he got twisties or something? Fade? I don't know. D. Wade be changing that look up a ton. But he's somewhere right now feeling good, probably hitting that. Like, you remember uh, Joe Torrey was in Poetic Justice just brushing them waves? He like, oh, he check out Stan Van Gundy on TV. Guess what Stan Van Gundy says? Quote, Hold on, hold on. Gab, get this right here. Okay. He's the best end of the game, last shot guy I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Now, we know there's some bias in there, somehow, some way. But damn, the respect, the accolade, and you can't shoot down D-Wade in terms of his clutchness. But does he deserve the absolute where it says he's the best as you know, most people qualify that conversation always like one of the best. So let's talk about that. Most clutch NBA player ever, 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 ever. And first thing I like to always do is find something factual, statistical, not just trust my eyes because then I'm trusting the bias that comes from those eyes, right? Uh, so I found one stat that was interesting, most buzzer beaters. Now I can keep going to most shots hit in the last 24 seconds. Then you can keep going deeper and deeper, put your glasses on, pocket protector, really nerd out and be like, okay, um, down one, uh, most shots made to change not only the point differential in your favor, but you won that game. Like I got, look, I've been in this game for 20 plus years. I know how to dive deep on these topics, but let's not go that far. Here's the results of that one. Now there was a tie and those most buzzer beaters. The tie was with Iggy, Andre Iguodala, 
Gilbert Arenas. Bah! Oh, let me stop too much. It's too soon. Let me stop Gilbert. Uh, Vince Carter, somewhere in the air, still jumping and floating. I heard his house is gigantic in Florida, too. My homegirl told me that. Crazy. Um, Kevin Garnett, interesting. All right. Must have been some dunks in there, too. Or, you know, he used to love that elbow, so maybe. And D Wade. Now, those are the guys that are tied for sixth place. So that's like six, seven, eight, nine, ten place, right? Whatever. All in that category. Man, let's go through the top five. Who do y'all think it is? Who's number five? I know y'all sitting at home right now eating your popcorn. I see in some of these comments, a lot of you guys get off work and watch the show. Even saw a couple people say they watch the show as a family. They watch it with their daughters. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and make sure I keep this as clean as possible. But right now, cover their ears. Damn. Let me stop. Um, I love the fact that this is going to turn into like a family affair. Um, number five, that will be Paul Pierce. Okay, we can feel that, right? Something about the truth and that lazy game, that efficient game. I ain't wasting nothing. No fat on my game. He looked like he was always ready to be the truth in those moments. Number four, this is going to surprise people, especially you guys out there who don't necessarily love my man LeBron James. Remember, we just talked about the yin and yang of it all. LeBron James comes in at number four, most clutch. Yes, the pass first LeBron James. Yes, the guy who always makes the perfect basketball play, LeBron James. Yes, the one who is anti-Jordan in those moments. Y'all was like, there's no way he's as clutch as Jordan. Number four, and according to this stat, more clutch than D-Wade. Just the facts, so you can't argue with me just yet. Who's number three? Oh, y'all forgot. That silent assassin. I don't think I saw him say three words in a 20-year career, feel like. Joe Johnson. Mm. Joe Johnson used to go get it. Man, that dude had that pure, that pure shot. Like, every time, I swear, Steph Curry's number one, duh. <clears throat> Anytime he shoots, even when it's like he's not looking, you're like, he gonna make it. Because you got tired of doubting the shots that you were like, he's gonna miss and he made, right? So now, every time Steph Curry shoots, I know that I'm smarter if I say he's gonna make it because their chances are he is gonna make it. But Joe Johnson right there, same thing. Every time he launched, I was like, that thing wet. Who's number two? We know. Kobe Bryant, the great, right? All right, so rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, number two, behind who? Of course, the facsimile, who Kobe Bryant was, of Le Michael Jordan. Look at me, my Freudian slip almost came out. I wanted to be LeBron so bad, but it's Michael Jordan, y'all. All right, that makes sense at the top. But then, how do you leapfrog? This is what is interesting. You guys got to tell me. Because when you hear someone is tied for sixth place, and that really means they're tied for 10th place because there were five names right there, right? You're tied for 10th place in one major statistical category that actually tells us how clutch you are. But then some coach comes out and says, uh -uh, the most, him, number 10, or number six is better than number one. Ah, that's kind of hard for me to reconcile, right? It's hard for me to balance that out. Like, really? Did you watch everybody play or are you just really caught up in that sauce? Lost in the sauce. So what goes into those moments? Like a lot of people always ask, like those clutch moments when we we take it from the backyard when when you're playing with your son, you're playing with your daughter, and you were that son or that daughter. You were like, oh my God, three, two, one. <sighs> We've all done that, right? But have we all done that at the highest level in whatever version of sport or endeavor in life? Like time is ticking. It's time to get to getting and 
you know nothing gets done without a deadline. And part of that comes true when you're talking about three, two, it's time to shoot, bro. And that right there, that, that thought that is so definitive, like got to launch it. That actually helps you out in that moment more than it hurts you because indecision gone. You know, normally when it's 24 seconds, 23, should I shoot? Nah, drive? Nah, should I pass it in? Nah, nah, we run and play, man. Run and play. Like all of these things are variables that may come and help you or may hurt you because there was an opportunity that you didn't strike on. But when it's three, two, <laughs> launch time, right? So there's a focus and a concentration that comes from the fact that you have made a definitive decision. No more indecisiveness, right? Focus and concentration locked in. Now, these are the things you have to fight in that moment. There's an urge to not be balanced. There's an urge to do too much in that moment, right? Like, just, I gotta make it put too much pressure on me. I gotta just do it all in this moment, right? We've seen that before. A guy just fumbles the ball out of bounds. Three, two, one. He's doing too much. Or three, two, one. That's not your normal form. Or three, two, one. He rushed the shot. Like we see it. He's doing too much. And it's so hard to keep that balance. But there's also one that is not really talked about enough. It's the urge to not actually minimize the moment. Some guys do that. They actually try to act like, oh, man, I ain't tripping. Oh, man, this is just another play. And you minimize the moment. So there's a balancing act between not making the moment too big, but also, let's be real, don't make it too small. This does matter. No one has mastered that moment. You just got to keep putting up shots, keep putting up shots to the point where you actually make more than not or at a good clip. That's what we call clutch. Now, calling that clutch is Dwayne Wade, but the most clutch, the best, ooh, it's a lot of dudes in front of him. Let's talk about CC, Colin Coward, who, um, man, I can tell you exactly what the back of his pants look like. You want to know why? Because I followed that dude for like 10 years of my career, <laughs> no lie. Uh, it really was by coincidence, but I was like, this dude doesn't want these good jobs, these good gigs. Shoot, I'll take them. Uh, let's talk about the first one. Uh, Sports Nation, uh, Colin Coward and Michelle Beadle, original cast, right? Uh, I think it started in 2008. I just started working for ESPN 2007. Obviously, I wasn't getting that job. But Jamie Horowitz, who created that show and many other shows like First Take, etc., uh, was my boy, was the executive, and knew that I was good enough to give him a nice test run, but not good enough to take the job. So he was like, oh, perfect, man, guinea pig, basically. I wanted the reps, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. So I remember going and Max Kellerman and all of us, and this is the time before Max and I actually worked together. Um, I used to do his radio show back in New York, and we went to school together, but we never worked together, right? And uh, we were just doing, like, test runs of the show, but it was already decided. Colin Coward, Michelle Beadle. And I was like, this is a fun show. Cool, cool, cool. So by actually showing that goodwill and just in my spare time, overtime, doing a show that wasn't mine, guess what happened? When Colin would get sick, guess who they would call first? Hi, how you doing? And yeah, or he got tired or just vacation, whatever it may be, first up. And I used to get love when I used to show up there. One, because I was different than him. You're always going to get love if you're yourself. Be unique, be your signature, you're going to get love, right? But two, um, 
it was just a different dynamic, right? So I'm sillier than Colin, even though Colin is fun and he loves to get laughed at or laugh at himself, but not to the same degree as me. So it was just a whole different show. Finally, it turns into I'm actually hosting the show, blah, blah, blah. That happened again at Speak for Yourself. Colin was there first. It was his show with Jason Whitlock. Then he left. And then Willock was like, Wiley, come with me. I was like, the back of the back of Colin's pants again? Here we go. Let's see what they look like. So that's been my trajectory, and that's been my road with Colin Coward. Good dude, man. Uh, him and I are men of few words <laughs> just because of scheduling more than anything. He would come in, I would go out, and vice versa because of shows um, in our schedule. But let's talk about this topic right here. Man, I didn't know this. I actually had to do my homework because I saw the first clip, and I was like, damn. Colin said this, the, the, the dude, like the one who I said is the best on the mic in the audio game. No one has a better radio show than Colin. Stop playing y'all. I was like, all right, interesting. Here's the quote. Take out Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. This whole Michael Jordan mythology is sort of just that. I said, wait a minute. Ain't no damn way. I had to go to the internet and find out that this was actually true. I was like, wow. Then I saw more videos kind of like hitting them with a stray or direct shot at Jordan and shading them. It just felt like, I was like what the hell? And it just took me back because all these stories, man, I swear, my goal is to close the gap between sports as we're seeing it and digesting it or they're producing it and life. I think that people have forgot that they intersect, right? Like they say, sports is a microcosm of life, right? But I'm like, why are they so wide right now? Somebody like me, 6'4", 270, 268 in a couple of days. Remember, I'm losing that weight. I got to make sure that these things come back together. I teach my kids too much about life through sports. I learn too much about life through sports to now act like they're separate and not going to be together. So don't you hate when people say, You take away this, what is that, right? Marcellus, if you weren't 280, what would you have done? I don't know, fool. I'm 280. Like, what the hell? I said 270. I said 268. I'm trying, y'all. I ain't going to tell you how much I really weigh. Right? Well, if you wasn't 6'4", then what you would have done? I can't tell you that, dog. I'm 6'4". What the hell is this? So, you know, who is Kobe without Phil Jackson? Oh, that's what we doing here? If I were at the barbershop and you pull that out, hey, dog, leave me like this. I'm good. I don't even want to hear no more. You know what I'm saying? I just walk out of there with a flat top gummy jerry curl. I wouldn't give a damn. My hair all messed up. Y'all in here tripping. Taking away someone's best attribute or something that helped them accomplish what they did and then say, now what? That's crazy to me. Who is magic without Pat Riley? Oh, man, come on, y'all. That's what we doing right now? That's how we rolling? Okay. So let's get back to the basics. Sports is a meritocracy, at least it's supposed to be, binary, right? Straight up winners and losers, two categories, right? We got the champion and we got runner ups, ups, two through two million, all y'all, and then champion, right? That's what we're supposed to have. We don't have that, not in our conjecture now, not in our conversations. And we're creating more categories than are necessary. Not a fan of that. It's supposed to be, he's a champion, but now we got this category, he's a champion, but, but what? What's the point of winning the championship and then somebody gonna hit you with the butt face? Hell no. What about this? Oh, he's a ring chaser. 
Is he a champion or not? Nah, but yeah, but, 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 here's the butt face. But are he a ring chaser? Oh, that's an empty ring, right? That's an empty ring. Competition was, was weak that year. It was soft with no T, just soft. I was like, man, hell no. Nah. Now, I will admit, I clown a lot on the Lakers. I do not hate the Lakers. I'm going to tell y'all straight up. I got love for the Lakers. I just got more love for the Clippers. And it's fun to kind of punch up at the big dog, right? That's all. I troll the Lakers. When I'm riding in my six tray Impala, zoom, 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 and I'm riding through Clip City, Chip City, what up, boy? I'm banging on them Lakers, right? I'm a troll of the Lakers. But it's in jest. <laughs> all jest. Matter of fact, I put a post up today clowning them because they're the 10th seed and all of a sudden they starting to blow me up again we in the playoffs i'm like you in the play in you ain't in the playoffs just yet and then on top of that i had to put the post up top nine seeds i cut off number 10 you know who's 10 right lakers but i'm riding through clip city chip city like i ain't trying to give y'all love all of that said i want to give you a quick lesson in what's happening here a lesson in variables because in team sports you got to understand the variables there's an independent variable, and it's very difficult to find, and I really don't think I have the perfect example, but a center in football, like nothing else messes with the center, right? You can't touch him in the head, you can't do nothing. He's the one that starts it. Nothing else matters, independent of everybody else, the center. Or like Steph Curry when he's wide open for a three. Ain't nothing messing with that, right? What? Right? Then there's a dependent variable. You know who's the most dependent variable in sports? The coach. He can't do jack. I've been a coach, right? Oh, man, I told them the game plan. We went over the plays. They look great in practice. Now I can't do jack. Dependent on you. He can try to motivate you, blah, blah, blah. He's dependent. And this is what sports really is. Hope you all know this term. Interdependent, right? That's what team sports are. Champions. You can never take one of those Tetris pieces out. You can never take one of those blocks out and still build that championship. So, Colin, I don't know what you and Jordan got going on, but um, you might need to hit the footlocker and get you some J's, get your love back for the great one. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Pat Beverly, right? Like Pat Beverly, that little gnat, that little irritant, right? You know, when you're out at that picnic, you chilling, you look like, so what's up, baby? You all good? Oh, man, these ribs kick, boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing all that, right? And then all of a sudden, something, you got to, <laughs> in the middle of that conversation, you try to be cool, swap. That, that's Pat Beverly, just all, just always in the way, always doing something, getting under your skin, messing up your moments if you're trying to get those points up. But I love this dude because he brings his heart first, he knows his limitations physically, and he's like, yo, there's nothing going to stop me because my heart is bigger than yours. At least we're going to be on a mission to prove that. So Pat Bev was talking about expectations. And I had to throw in location, one, because it rhymed, alliteration. <laughs> but then also because I think that matters as well. Here's his quote. I play a bad game with Chicago. I ain't got to look on Twitter and hear, he's a bum. Get him out of here. Like I was hearing that shit in L.A. Ah, he heard that in L.A., y'all. Not Philly. He heard that in L.A., y'all. I'm about to talk y'all through this. So let's talk about playing with expectations and the expectations that are surrounding you. Because we all know if you're a professional athlete or anyone that's successful, that those expectations start with the demands you place on yourself. Let's be real. It is not natural to be successful. It is very unnatural to be successful. Want to know why? 
the natural thing to do is just to lay there, just to say, I'm doing nothing today. That's natural. Let's talk through that experience before we get back to Pat Bev. Ah, learning this from having four kids, that if you don't condition them, you don't socialize them and letting them know that you have to work hard, you have to focus, you have to dedicate yourself, you have to have passion, right? All those things on the locker room wall. If you don't start to condition your kids in that respect, guess what your kids are going to do? You take your hands off the steering wheel, man, the car ain't going nowhere. And if we are going somewhere, we're out of control, not to the destination we desire. That's right. And so naturally human beings are wired to want the most and do the least. I'll say it again. We are wired to want the most and do the least. But those who learn the principles of success, hard work, perseverance, etc., those are the ones that climb up the mountain. And even though you're going to always get knocked down a notch or two, you keep climbing, right? And those are the variables at play. You need those attributes. Well, what comes from that also is not just an internal experience, but externally. And based on not only that expectation of the fan base, but where are you in terms of that? I love that. Let's talk to it. Okay. First thing I want to say is he played for both teams, right? He played for the Clippers and the Lakers. In LA, the Lakers are like royalty. Regal, Grey Poupon, right? And they have this enormous fan base that is entirely impossible to like generalize. But if you had to say some things about them, uh, the elites of LA, Hollywood type celebs, if you got a face, you're a Laker fan, right? If you're just from L.A., real native L.A., you L.A. proper, I'm saying, Laker fan. Clippers a little different, right? Clippers is a little more, you're from L.A., maybe outside of L.A. Now I'm talking about the old pre-Balmer Clippers, because now Balmer is putting his money where his mouth is. He buying up L.A. and fans. Like, you can't go to a parking wreck in L.A. and not see a Clippers court not only on the ground, but also on the backboards. Clippers logos everywhere. Every little rec team are the Clippers, right? Bomber is actually investing in this community tremendously. But the Lakers have been there for so long. They've done that already, right? They already have their seeds planted. But Clippers are usually the outskirts, you know, people saying the youngsters, uh, kids who can't really voice their opinion, but they're rocking some PGs, right? They like Kawhi, whatever it may be. So that's what the Clippers experience is. And he played for both. Now, the Clippers, let's be real. The expectations are one day we're going to finally make it. But let's be real. If we don't, you're kind of used to it, huh? The Lakers flip that. If they don't win it all, they act like the sky is falling. Yeah, still. Even with LeBron, especially with LeBron, but even though they don't have a super team because Anthony Davis can't always stay healthy, um, they still have those expectations. And let's just show some respect. They did win a championship like three years ago, so they are still having championship expectations. But I start thinking like, damn, in football, it's the same thing. Like I played for four different teams, four different cities, obviously. Buffalo. Hmm. Craziest fans, all in, like loyal crazy, not like insane in the membrane crazy, like I'm all in. Go to the supermarket. Hey, Marcellus, you know, I'm in aisle three and they're in aisle one. 
talking through the Cheetos, right? Marcellus, y'all gonna get him today. Woo! Like, <laughs> like, you know why. You're the center of their attention. You're the epicenter of their entertainment. You know why. We used to no lie go out to Wednesday practices in Buffalo, and there will be Winnebago's. There will be buses. There will be people already tailgating. No lie in 1997 in the winter on a Wednesday for a Sunday game in Buffalo. Salute to the mafia, which we didn't call it then. Bill's Mafia. At least I ain't know about it. I heard about that when they start jumping on tables. So I'm like, the expectation is not to win a championship, but be damn good, be entertaining, and give us a shot. Then after that, I went to the Chargers, but not LA Chargers, because I'm old as hell. I went to the San Diego Chargers. I didn't feel the expectations there. I can't lie, and I want to, because I want to give us a positive rep. I felt more that the city was just like, look, on Sunday, it's going to be 72 degrees, perfect weather, nothing better than taking in America's favorite sport, catch a little ball, have a little brew, hang with my buds, let's kick it. And then after that, I'm going to hit PB or Mission Beach, chill out. Oh, we had a game? Yeah, I was there. What was the score? Don't know, dude. <laughs> like, they ain't tripping. I, I don't think the players felt that way, but I'm just telling you around town, mm. Now, obviously, that ramps up when you really are a contender. So the year they were 14-2, and two, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs, I, 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 I think there was a disappointment in the air. Now, go to Dallas. This is the funniest thing. Every time I tell somebody I play for Dallas that doesn't know football for real, like teachers, kids, when I talk at schools, I tell them I play for the Buffalo Bills. They go like this. I play for the San Diego Chargers. Play for the Dallas Cowboys. What? <laughs> they grab a pen and paper. Can you sign it? I'm like, dog, I sucked. <laughs> the Cowboys, they don't care. You play for the Cowboys. Whoa, that's my daddy's favorite team. Man, man, that's my favorite team. And all of a sudden, all Cowboy fans, everywhere I go, everywhere I go. So the Cowboys' expectations are weird, though. Um, they are not expecting championships because I guess it's based on the rosters. But they're expecting to be real contenders. Like, they're bracing themselves for that disappointment. But damn it, you better be good enough to disappoint me. That's what their fans feel like. And they are all in. I remember when I landed from the plane, and the first time I went to the gas station, I was just walking in the gas station. This never happened to me at the gas station. People always say, what's up? Or, hey, what's up, Wally? All that. This dude was literally... Pumping my gas, he wanted to pump my gas and paid for it at the gas station. I was like, oh, Cowboys country hits different. Last place was Jacksonville. A little similar uh, to the San Diego experience, but more than that, I think that in Jacksonville, they're still trying to find their way, obviously. They hit the ground running. They were in the AFC Championship game, what, year one? And then ever since then, it's kind of been like this roller coaster ride of lesser. But a beautiful place. I don't know why they got the bad rap. Um, fun to hang out. Duval is for real. Don't go over there. It's getting gangster. <laughs> but it's fun. It's good people. And I like it. And I think they got a team that's on the rise. So I just looked at this in terms of expectation and location. Like it seems, if we're going to generalize, those nicer places, man, I ain't tripping. <laughs> Win if y'all can. But then again, you come out here to L.A., the Rams right now, them fans all in. Now, last year was a disappointment. We'll see if they can rebound. Right now, the Chargers fans are ramping up. I think their expectations are greater. One, they got Justin Herbert. Herbie! Herbie! Who I love, top five. But they know they got a quarterback, so they got a shot. 
and they got a squad too. So we'll see how it all plays out based on not only expectation, but location. Thank you, Pat Bev, for breaking that down. I need these headlines. I need these players and stars in the sports world to always jog my memory to take me back to a place. Just go into archives and say, oh yeah, that was a unique experience and translate that to you guys. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every single show. What a Wiley-ism. This is going to be a good one right here because it hits home. Y'all hear it. Alcohol gives you infinite patience for stupidity. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. said that a while back. I don't know who said it to him, but somebody said it. It's a Wileyism. That is hilarious, and that is so true. It's not so true if you're the one that's drinking because you don't understand what he's really saying. And I used to think that he was talking to that guy. Oh, he's not talking to that guy. Because when you're the one drinking, uh, oh, man, come on, man. Man, look. You can suffer fools. You can talk about anything. You can have small talk. If you hate small talk, you don't give a damn. If you got a little drink in you, oh, you're going to chill out. He's talking to the ones <laughs> that ain't drinking. You ever been that guy? Whether, whether it's, hey, I got something big coming up. I got to lose a couple pounds. Hey, I'm going to chill on the drink. Or you're just one of those people that don't drink. Acho doesn't drink. Emmanuel Acho said he doesn't drink. Never seen him drink, so I believe him. Never had a drink. Like, damn. You ain't never been to that space, that special place. <laughs> but that person, oh, when I go out with my friends and my folks, my boys, and I ain't got one in me, and I actually listen to what they're talking about, <laughs> and I actually catch every syllable out their mouth, and I'm like, you are dumb. <laughs> they're probably thinking the same about me when I'm drinking, right? But I'm like, dog, you are really like repeatedly dumb. Like, like you just keep saying stupid stuff. And I'm like, I used to laugh at that or just kept the conversation going because I was lit with you. Now I'm like, dog, shut up. That is wrong. <laughs> it's just hilarious. So alcohol gives you infinite patience for stupidity. Hopefully you guys are not drinking right now saying this show is great. I need y'all to say that when y'all sober, right? That's the love that I'm wanting. All right, that's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, that dude. Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcellus Wiley. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All what I got. 182 of them. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.